Pastor Rusty, over the last couple of weeks, uh, has been teaching on a series called Grow, and uh, it was all about growing in Christ, and it was kind of targeted towards a person who uh, is coming to church weekly, uh, you know, regularly, on a regular basis, you're in church on Sunday, uh, but you're wanting more. You're wanting more than just Sunday morning. You want a better relationship with God. You want to grow as a Christian, and so what Pastor talked about uh, week one was about reading your Bible and just jumping in uh, using the verse of the day off the Version Bible app, um, you know, getting online and uh, going to the Version Bible app. You can go to their website, just Bible.com, and read the verse of the day on there, starting small and getting into the Word. Uh, then as he jumped into week two, he talked about spending time in prayer and, and journaling and some different things you could do to grow as a Christian. And so uh, I kind of wanted to continue with that um, this morning as we jump into our series. And um, I was thinking about when I was a kid, we lived in Plainview. Uh, we moved to Tulia when I was a fifth grader. And so we lived in Plainview and we had a house on 17th Street right next to uh, H&R Block. Uh, we were just two houses down from there. And in this house, we had a basement. And uh, in this basement, my mom had an old, uh, like, full-size bed that was like her granddad's. Um, she had it down in the basement. So me and my sister, what we would do is we would go down there and we would spend the night in the basement, you know, or camp out in the basement. We had rooms upstairs, but we would go down there, like, on the weekends or something and spend the night in the basement. And so when we would do this, we'd go down there and, and, and we would go to bed and dad would come down and he would pray with us before we went to bed. And I can remember he would pray and he would pray all this stuff over us. And, and then when he got done, I would be like, dad, you know... How, how do you hear God? You know, because I'm, I'm a kid growing up in church, so I heard all about it. And I would say, Dad, how do you hear God? And he's like, well, you hear him in your heart. You know, so as a kid, I imagine, you know, the heart organ with ears on it, you know, and it's got two ears on the side. And I'm like, what? How does this even make sense? I didn't understand how you could hear God. I'm like, you don't hear him in your ears like you're hearing me right now. And he's like, no, 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 you hear him in your heart. Well, as a kid, I just could not wrap my head around this idea of hearing God. And uh, obviously, as I got older, uh, as, as I've grown as a Christian, I understand and I've, I've heard God, and I hear God speak to me all the time. And so kind of as his series on, on grow and talking about reading your Bible, spending time in prayer, I thought it would be fitting this morning to talk about how to hear God. So before we jump into it, if you would, just close your eyes. Um, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that as I speak... Father, that it would not be my words, but your words, Father, that you would guide and direct me. I pray that our hearts and our eyes and our ears would be open and ready to receive your word, Father, and that we would hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So like I said, it was very hard for me to understand on how to hear God. And, and I want to read a story to you. Uh, this is in 1 Kings in the Old Testament, and it's about a prophet named Elijah. And what Elijah's doing is, is uh, where he's at, they're killing all the prophets. The, the people of God have kind of turned away from God, and they've decided they're going to kill all the prophets. So Elijah, uh, he's on, on the run. You know, he, he's getting out of town. He's running, and the people are chasing him. He's telling God, he's telling God, God, I'm the only one left who serves you. I'm the only one left, and they're going to kill me. Okay, and they're going to kill me. So he's running for his life. And then uh, we're going to jump into the story. And he tells God, God, everybody's going to kill me. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, God says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. 
And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Another translation says that there was a still, small voice. So we see this story of Elijah, and he's running, he's trying to get away. He's got to hear from God, or he's going to lose his life. You know, he's like, God, I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. And he says, hey, go up on the mountain and stand before me. And we see this kind of almost great production of a wind comes through and knocks rocks off, and then an earthquake happens, and then a firestorm comes through, and it says that God wasn't in any of this. But then after all of this, there was a gentle whisper. And if you want to hear God, the thing that you have to do is you have to get quiet. That's the first step to hearing from God is you have to get quiet. I believe that on a daily basis, God is whispering to you. He's leading, directing, and guiding you through gentle whispers. But we know in the day and age that we live, um, you you know, with, with a media device in your pocket, you know, with everything from social media, internet, news. I mean, we're bombarded with it more than ever, right? You, you can think sometimes that times are bad and it was so much better back in the day. I think back in the day, we just didn't know about it because we didn't have all this media we have today. And so we're bombarded, like I said, with Facebook and, and Instagram and the news and TV and music. And everywhere we go, there's noise. If you drive to work, the radio's probably on or you're listening to a CD. If you're at home and you have small children, we know there's noise everywhere. And so you're constantly we're constantly surrounded by noise. And so to hear from God, the first thing we have to do is get quiet. We have to get away. And this is what Jesus said in Luke 5, 16. And before we read this, I want to kind of lead up to this. Uh, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Now, when they counted the 5,000 he fed, they just counted the men. So there was 5,000 men. So roughly, you know, you could say that, that there was probably 4,000 women. If they were married, then all the children. There could have been 20,000 plus people there that he fed the fish and, and the bread that he multiplied. Okay, so he feeds them. Then they move on. He and the disciples, they get up and move on. Well, the crowd, you know, it's like, man, there was free dinner last night. Word spread quickly, right? So everybody comes out hoping for free breakfast, you know, some fish and pancakes. So they, they come out, and then they, at the next stop, you know, instead of just 20,000, there's probably 50,000 people there. So what Jesus does is he and the disciples jump on a boat, and they cross the sea. And then this is what Jesus did. And in Luke five sixteen, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So Jesus withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He got away from everybody. He even told the disciples, you guys stay here. I'm going to the wilderness for prayer. He got away from the noise. He got away from the crowd. He got away from everybody wanting something from him. And he took some time to get away so he could pray and he could talk and he could hear from God. Now, most of us, when we read this verse, you know, 
You can think, that's great, that's great. Jesus went off to the woods. You know, he didn't have a mortgage, a car payment. The dude was homeless. I mean, you know, you know life was easy with his robe and sandals, and that's all he owned. And, you, you know, I, I mean, you might think, I got kids at home. I mean, if you throw kids into the mix, especially like if you have kids in junior high and high school, and then you throw sports and band and one act and all the extracurricular activities, I mean, you are super busy. And so it can seem like, oh, Jesus withdrew to the wilderness. Then you think about the wilderness, and I I think about that picture right there. And I think if that was in my backyard, I could go to the wilderness and pray too, right? If you walked out the back door and that was out, and you thought, I'm going to go spend time with God. But, you know, when you walk out in your backyard in West Texas, you don't see that. So... And so it can be hard to even wrap our head around this idea of this wilderness and getting away and spending time with God. And what you have to do is, is you have to find your wilderness. Okay, you got to find your wilderness. For me, my parents live up, they call it the hill up, you know, on, on Apache behind McKinsey Park. I guess I should call it McKinsey Edition. That'd be better instead of Snob Hill. That's, that's what we called it in school. I remember like, you live on Snob Hill, you know. But the McKinsey edition, and behind there, there's just this big grass and some dirt roads and some water towers from the city. And what I do is I take my dog, I have a lab, and I go up there and I let her run. And I'll walk this dirt path that's about a mile long, and I'll walk it and let her run. And she'll chase rabbits and pheasants and have a good old time till her tongue's hanging out and she can barely jump back in the pickup. And to me, that is my wilderness. That's where I go uh, to spend time with God, to talk to God, to hear from God. Do I get up there every day? Absolutely not. Um, if I'm busy, sometimes I'll just uh, get her out and go over behind ground zero, back there between ground zero and the bowling alley, and I'll throw her the ball, and I'll stay out there. And so to me, like, when I want to hear from God, I love to get outside. Uh, I love the outdoors, and that's where I want to be. Uh, for Pastor Rusty, he told me that his living room is his wilderness. He gets up in the morning, and he gets up super early, and he goes down, gets coffee. He sits in the living room. He reads his Bible. He prays, and then he listens to hear from God. So for each and every person, it could be different. Uh, my sister lives in Amarillo, but she teaches here at the junior high. So she commutes, uh, you know, Monday through Friday to the school. So that long drive of probably 40 minutes could be her wilderness, spending that time in the car, listening to God, talking to God. And what you have to do is, is you have to find your own. You got to find that time. You got to, whether it's a commute, whether it's, it's uh, you know, maybe in the mornings are good for you. Maybe the afternoons are good for you. Maybe in the evening, once the kids have gone to bed, maybe that's a good time for you. Uh, m- maybe it's the five minutes of quiet you have in the shower, right? And hopefully everybody showers almost every day, you know, you know, maybe every other, but that's all right. But that time in the shower, uh, Curvin, uh, who's been here and spoke and he, he was here not too long ago. That's what he told me. I asked him years ago, man, what do you do for devotions when you're on the road? He said, I find something I do every day, like take a shower that's common that I do. And I spend that time with God. And so you got to find your own wilderness. You got to find this place where you can get quiet and get before God so that you can hear him. So what I want to do is, is I want to show you this morning three ways that God speaks to you. Like I said, you know, you have your heart. I mean, I tell you this, man, you know, Jesus went to the wilderness, find your wilderness and you'll hear from God. Now go and hear God. It's kind of like you didn't help much. And so what I want to do is give you three practical ways that God speaks to us 
um, and, and how you can hear God. And so when you do get alone, when you find your wilderness, when you take that time, um, you, you'll, you'll hear God. So the number one way that God speaks to us is through his word, through the Bible. All right, when you read the Bible, God is speaking to you. I wanna read you 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So you look at this verse, and you can think, as you read the Bible, first of all, it's God-breathed. It's the breath of God. The Bible actually says, I believe it's Paul said, that men didn't write the Bible, but they wrote by the leading of the Holy Spirit. God wrote the Bible. It is actually the very breath of God. And as you read, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training you in righteousness. I mean, if someone came up to me after church and said, Kurt, you know, I really want to grow as a Christian, and I, I want to be taught, and I want to be rebuked, and I want to learn to correct myself, and I want to train myself up in righteousness. That would be like a tall order. Be like, wow, there's a lot in that. But as you read the Bible, you're going to get all of that, and it is all God-breathed. I want to tell you something. If you're not reading your Bible, you are not hearing from God. I didn't say it would be hard to hear. I said you will not hear from God. If you are not reading your Bible, you are not hearing from God. The easiest way you can hear God is open up your Bible and start reading. Now, I am a huge believer in the verse of the day. I absolutely love the verse of the day. I feel like some guy follows me around, and then at the end of the day, he picks the verse of the day to encourage me for the next day. I mean, do you ever, anybody that reads it, you might read it and think, who picked this out? Like, this is, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, sometimes I think like we, we get into this idea that I need to get up and like read, you know, this big portion of the Bible. I'm going to read a chapter and, and a chapter sometimes can only be one or two pages, but you read it and you get done and you think, what in the world did I just read? What did they say? What was that about? And so the verse of the day kind of condenses it down to like this one truth, this one thing that's from God that's to you. And, and it can so speak to you. Let me tell you something. If you're not reading your Bible, if you don't do that, like I said, you're not hearing from God, but then start small. See, Pastor Rusty is at a very different stage in his life than I am in my life. Pastor has been an empty nester for almost 10 years. No kids in the house for 10 years. So, I mean, for him to be able to get up in the morning and get his Bible and his coffee and sit down in the quiet living room and maybe, you know, read and pray, that's great. I have a nine-week-old at home, right? There's not a lot of silence in the mornings. There's lots of screaming and hunger pains and, and, and diaper changes, and there's things like that going on. And so, you know, for you, if you've got kids that are going to school, you've got a job, you're getting to work, you might think, I can't do that, and that's okay, Start small, jump up and read the verse of the day, all right? And read that and let God speak to you through his word because it's God breathed. All right, so the number one way God speaks to you is through his word. Number two is God will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where we kind of get into hearing God in your heart. And um, many of us could call it like a gut feeling, or you might think of it as your conscience, you know, like Pinocchio, it's, you know, listen to your conscience, right? And, and you might have situations in your life where either you're making a decision or maybe trying to change jobs or 
You know, I always tell the kids in Ground Zero, your friends text you and they want you to sneak out at night, but your mom told you to stay in, that you couldn't go out, and, and you're, you're having this decision to make, and you kind of have this gut feeling of, I don't need to do this, right? I shouldn't do this. I don't need to make this decision. We don't need to buy this new car. Uh, I really want a Corvette, but we just, we don't need to do this right now, right? And you have these big decisions in your life, and you have this feeling, and what that is, is the Holy Spirit. Romans 9, 1 Paul is speaking, and he says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. So what is he saying? He's saying that my conscience confirms what I'm saying through the Holy Spirit. He knew because of his gut, right, that gut feeling that this is from God. I heard a preacher say one time that, that, yeah, there's two voices in your head. There's God and there's the devil. There is no you. Right, have you ever prayed and you want to hear from God? And you pray, and then God answers real quick, and you think, oh, that was me. That's just what I want to hear, right? You know, and, and we think that, that was, there is no you. There's either God or there's the devil, right? And then when you don't want to hear no, you don't pray. You just go on and do it anyway because you don't want to hear God tell you no, right? And, and so you have this conscious, this gut feeling, which is the Holy Spirit. I love this in Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. It says, in the past... God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So right there it says that God spoke in the Old Testament to his people through the prophets. We know that when King David slept with a neighbor lady, that he sent a prophet to tell him. He sent Samuel to tell him that was wrong and you shouldn't have done that. Right? He spoke to David through a prophet. Verse 2, it says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through whom has also made the universe. So what, what, what is this saying? It's saying in Hebrews, they're saying that, okay, in the past, God spoke to us through prophets. So God would send prophets to tell, you know, when, when Jonah was a prophet and he didn't want to go where he was going, so a whale took him where he was going, right? Because he had to go tell Nineveh what was going on because he was a prophet. But now it says that God speaks to us through his son. Now, it, the Bible says that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all three God. All right? They're called the Holy Trinity. In the church, it's named Trinity. You know why now? Because of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and so we know that if God is speaking to us through his Son, then that means God is speaking to us through his Holy Spirit, which the Bible says is the Spirit of Christ. And so we know now that as Paul said, he said, I'm not lying because my conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit or through the Spirit of Christ. And then they say in Hebrew that God isn't speaking through prophets, but through his son. And so that gut feeling, that, that, that knot in your stomach, that is the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. You will begin to hear his voice in your heart, and you'll begin to hear him guide you, direct you, and tell you things. And like I said earlier with reading your Bible, you know, if you're not reading your Bible, start very, very small. Right? I went to the doctor one time, and I had to get on some medication, and he said, it's going to take a while for this to get into effect. He said, because your body likes slow changes. It doesn't like rapid changes. All right, so if you jump up tomorrow morning, you open up your Bible, and you read 18 chapters, and your brain's melting out of your ears because you have no idea what you just read, then tomorrow you're like, forget it. Right? And so start small. If you're not reading anything, start with the verse of the day. 
All right, now with hearing God and hearing uh, that leading, that directing, that gut feeling, that conscience, um, I, I want to encourage you, you know, to take time, like I said, and to get quiet. Get quiet. When you pray, you talk to God, maybe you, you tell God what's going on, then you have to take time after that to get quiet so that you can hear him. And trust that gut feeling. Trust that instinct. When I graduated um, from high school, I got some money, and I was going to go down and get me a new pickup for college because I didn't have a very good car. And so I had a little bit of money saved up, and I was going to go down, and we went down to the Chevy dealership, and they had like a brand new, um, you know, 1500 single cab red Chevy pickup. And I mean, this pickup was amazing. I wanted that pickup. And as we went there and we're looking at it and we're trying to decide, and I think the payment was going to be like 290 or 300. And I just had this feeling in my gut that I I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And, and, and so I told my parents, they were with me and I said, let's, let's just go drive around. Let's get in our car. Let's leave. Let's go drive around. I got to think about this. And so we left, we drove around, we went back and, and we said, let's run through the used car section really quick. And we're driving through and there was a single cab Ford pickup in there. And, um, and, and, and a guy had bought it who was a lawyer, drove it in town, put 18,000 miles on it and then traded it in. And the payment on it was like going to be $200. And so I, I went ahead and I bought that one instead. Now, you might think that's very small. That, that's almost even stupid. But that gut feeling said, you don't need to do this. And God showed me something else. And that's how you hear God. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what that means. Now, in your life, you might say, I've got way bigger issues than buying a new pickup. And I understand. But if God will speak to me about a pickup, he will so much more speak to you about your big issues. So the number one way we hear God is through his word. The number two is that he'll speak to your heart through the Holy Spirit. And the number three is he'll speak to you through other people. God will use people around you to speak into your life. Now, I want to read you a verse out of Proverbs eleven fourteen, And it says, where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And so what God will do is God will use people around you to speak to you. And, you know, when, when you come to church and, and you hear pastor preach and, and you think, man, that was so good. I wish so-and-so was here. You know, you know or that, that part just jumped out to me. That's God speaking to you. Right one time, Pastor had a, had a guy come up after a service, and he showed him a verse, and he said, man, you really should have used this verse in your message. This would have gone really good with your sermon. And what Dad said was, is God is using that verse to speak to you. And then we think, oh, it's, it's for everybody else, and not that it's not, but God is using that to speak to you. When the band gets up here, and they begin to play and sing a song, and you think, oh, I love this song, this is my favorite song, or I love this part of this song, I wish we would do this every week. What God is doing is he is speaking to you. He's using the band, he's using pastor, he's using other people to speak to you. Now, there's a lot of different ways, like we just talked about, there's prophecy. And uh, just like if, if Glenda was making a big life decision, she was going to sell her house and move to Australia to start a church. And, 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 and I said, Glenda, you know, and I, if I didn't know anything about this, and I said, Glenda, you know, God told me you're trying to make a big life decision, and I just think you need to wait and listen to God, right? That's God's using me to speak to her. Okay, God can use, if, if you're struggling, if you're depressed, if you're sad, God can use people to send an encouraging word. Someone could come by and say, you know what, God, God loves you. 
God cares about you, and you think, well, I already know that, but God's using this person to speak to you. Uh, after first service, I had a lady come up, and she was like, I don't really know how to word this, but she said, I feel like I can see God on you, like you're anointed. Okay, she said, I don't want to just tell you that you did a good job. It's more than that. That's God using that woman to confirm in me that you did a good job this morning, right? And it's not just her saying, oh, good job, but God is speaking through her to me to tell me that, that I did a good job. Now, when you hear other people, you, you know, if Dylan came up to me after service and said, you know, I don't really think Megan is the right girl for you, and she's really not strong in the Lord, and I think you should get rid of her and marry somebody else. All right, we know that's not God. Right, I, I, heard, I heard a preacher say one time, if, if the woman you married wasn't God's will, the minute you said, I do, it became God's will. Right? And so God's never going to do anything to contradict his word. He's never going to go against the Bible. So that's why you have to be doing step one in reading your Bible. So when someone speaks something over you, you know that lines up with the word of God or no, that doesn't line up with the word of God. And so you can always go back to the Bible to make sure whether you hear it in your heart, whether someone speaks it to you, that you can go back and say, okay, this is in the Bible. It's like I said, you know, if someone told me to get divorced, we know that's not God. Right? And so always go back to the word. Um, and, and this verse says that there's safety and an abundance of counsel. All right? So you, you think you hear God and, and God speaks to you. You can call your pastor. Say, pastor, this is what I'm hearing. What do you think? That's what church is for. That so you can come in here and, and whether we're having prayer, whether you're in the Java Cafe, and you can grab somebody, you can say, man, I, I know that guy's an elder here at church. I, this is what I heard from God. What do you think? You know, and, and you're using the abundance of counsel and the people around you and fellow believers so that you can hear from God. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament where a guy was going to leave town. Uh, his name was like Balaam. And he was going to leave and uh, he saddled up his donkey, but God didn't want him to leave. God wanted him to stay right where he was. So he goes out on the road and he begins to head out on his donkey. And all of a sudden the donkey sees an angel in the road holding a sword. So the donkey bolts off into a field. Well, the man pulls out his whip and he beats the donkey till it gets back on the road. And the man can't see the angel. Well, there's a stone wall that goes down the side of the road. And so he, the donkey gets right up to that stone wall and rubs down it, trying to squeeze his way around the angel. And, and it drags the guy's foot, you know, between the donkey and the wall. He starts beating the donkey, beating it to get away from the wall. And all of a sudden, God gives the donkey the ability to speak. And the donkey whips around and says, what have I ever done to you to deserve this beating? And the guy says, well, you're not doing your job. Why didn't the guy say, are you talking? <laughs> I mean, he answered. I mean, so, so God uses this donkey to speak to this guy. So if God can use a donkey, he can use any of us to speak, right? God can use us. God can use people around you. I heard on the radio the other day, they were talking about politics and who was going to be elected president. And, and they said, God used many terrible people in the Old Testament, and God can use anybody who's elected, right? If God can use a donkey to speak to a person, he can use Hillary Clinton, right? He can. God can speak through anybody. God can, I mean, are y'all offended? Golly, I didn't know y'all liked Hillary so much. 
I mean, anybody, if God can use a donkey, God can speak through me. We have this idea that somehow, you know, I've had this idea that when I see other people in other churches, other preachers, other worship leaders, that they're kind of on some other level, right? You might think that about pastor. Well, pastor's somewhere I'm not. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. And so you have to understand when people come up to you and when people speak to you and you, you line it up with the word of God and you say, man, this is in the Bible. This is what, this is from God. God's using that person to speak to you. When you feel that nudging in your heart, when you feel that pulling, that tugging, maybe that negative feeling of, I don't know if I need to do this, or that feeling of, I feel like this is right, that's God leading and directing you. And then as you read the word, God is going to speak to you. And so I want to encourage you this morning that this week that you would find your wilderness, that you would find a place that you can get away and that you can get quiet, where you can get before God. And like I said, maybe you read the verse of the day, maybe you take 60 seconds to pray, to talk to God, and then you take another 60 seconds just to listen. If you've got a five, 10 minute commute to work, maybe you turn the radio off and you just listen to God and allow God to begin to speak to you. And I, I tell the kids in Ground Zero, you know, that, that negative feeling. I say, the more you say no to it, the more you ignore it, the quieter it gets. You might be thinking right now, man, I can remember hearing that voice when I was a kid, but I haven't heard it in a long time because you said no for so long. And the easiest way to bring that back is just begin to say yes. Those nudgings, those feelings, listen to God and begin to walk in that. Amen? Amen. All right, if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that we are your sheep, that we belong to you, and that we would hear your voice. I pray the voice of the shepherd would be loud and clear in our hearts, and the voice of the enemy would be silenced in our life. Father, I pray this week that you would begin to speak to us, that today you would begin to speak to us, that you would guide and direct us on who to invite to Easter, Father, and that we would hear your voice, and that we would have the boldness to act on it. Father, I pray that this week you would guide and direct us to find our wilderness, that you would show us a place that we can go to get away from the noise and to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.